tonight, uh, Pastor Taylor is gone. He's on vacation. He is resting. So we're happy that he's doing that. Uh, so I'm going to preach a sermon tonight. Um, and the title of the sermon is Staying Connected to the Source. I forgot it. So I'm um, staying connected to the source. Um, so I'm going to start out by telling you guys a fun little story. Um, many of you may know my best friend, Faith. She's not in here tonight, but she's a middle school uh, leader. Um, we met about three years ago here at church. Uh, I had just moved here from Georgia, and I was new in the area. Um, and my mom had been going to church here for a couple months and asked me to come with her. And we live about 35 minutes away, so we had a bit of a drive. And my mom and, my, my mom and I were talking on the way up here, and I was thinking about how I missed my friends in Georgia and was sad that I didn't have any friends here. Um, and so my mom encouraged me to pray um, that God would bring new friends, um, Christian friends specifically. Um, so we prayed together on our drive to church. And after we're here and after the worship and the announcements, the pastor says something along the lines of, turn to your neighbor and say hello. Um, and Faith was sitting right in front of me. And so she turned around, introduced herself, and then came and sat with me, uh, which, meant, which meant a lot to me. I've never quite experienced that before. Um, and so after service, she asked if I wanted to hang out sometime. And we instantly became friends. And it was super cool because I had never had an answered uh, prayer so fast. And she ended up being my very best friend and has been such a blessing to me. Um, but three years ago, when we first met, we weren't best friends. Our friendship grew over a course of time. It has taken several years of, of crying together. Um, we do that kind of often, so that's why I started with that. We cry together. Um, we have had disagreements before. Um, we laugh over stupid jokes of going over to each other's houses, of taking random trips, of countless meals together, birthdays together, misunderstandings that needed to be resolved, praying together, singing together, serving together, having conversations about God, life, hardships, and joys for hours and hours and hours I give this exhaustive list all to say that relationships take time. Relationships take investment. Relationships take intentionality. Strong relationships go through hard things. They are tested and tried. They go through ups and downs. You do not instantly become best friends with somebody. It is something that develops over a period of time as you spend quality time with that person and do life together. This same principle applies to our relationship with Jesus. There are many times when we neglect our relationship with God. We fail to view our relationship with him the same way we would view the other relationships in our lives. When you meet a new friend that you want to get closer to, or you have a new boyfriend or girlfriend, what do you do? You ask them to hang out. You spend all day texting them. You want to be near them. You ask them questions about themselves to find out more about them. You invite them over to meet your family. Now, <laughs> well, I pray that you will. <laughs> um, I pray, sorry, I got off track. Um, and then let's say you have a friend who you've already known and you've been friends with for a while. What if you stopped texting them? What if you stopped inviting them over? What if you stopped hanging out with them? 
that friendship would eventually, inevitably, come to an end or be, at the very least, a distance. Um, why? Because to be friends with someone, you have to be with them. You have to spend time with them. You have to talk with them. You have to show them that you love them, that you care about them, that you value them by investing time and effort into that relationship. Raise your hand if you agree and understand what I'm saying. Okay, at least more than half the room. Glad you guys are with me. Um, no one wants a one-sided friendship. Nobody wants a one-sided friendship. Friendships, friendships and relationships go both ways. A good friendship involves both people investing into each other. Our relationship with Jesus is the same. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John to dive further into this topic. As I was reading the Gospel of John, I read about how Jesus' closest friends betrayed him, denied him, and left him right before he was about to go to the cross. Now, as I was reading this, I was thinking to myself, wow. What really crappy friends Jesus had. They don't seem to care about him at all. And as I thought more about it, I realized that it's actually really easy for us to turn away from God in that same way. It almost seems as though our natural tendency is to withdraw from God, just like his friends did. Maybe not in the same way. It is easy for us to turn away from him and to seek fulfillment from anything or anyone else. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I often struggle to seek God, to be completely honest with you. The easier choice seems to be to find love and fulfillment from people like my husband, my friends, my family, in my job, in going to school. I seek comfort from being on my phone, from eating super yummy food, because that's always comforting, and from watching TV. None of these things are bad, yet, when I seek love, fulfillment, comfort, and peace from all of these things, they always fall short. They make me happy, happy and satisfied for a little while, but they always leave me needing more and more and more. Ultimately, I have found that these things leave me empty and void, never being able to fully satisfy. What about you? What have you been using to try to fill the void that you feel? We naturally gravitate towards seeking everything but God to fill this void in our life. In scripture, in the scripture we will be looking at, Jesus tells his friends to remain in him. Just like us, their tendency was to turn from God. That is why he is emphasizing for them to remain in him. This is the main idea that we're going to be unpacking tonight. We should remain in Jesus because he alone is our source of life. Now that we have an idea of what we will be talking about tonight, let's look at our main text. If everybody could please stand. Um, and if you have your phone or your Bible, please turn to John 15. We'll be reading verses 1 through 5 as Allie comes up to read our scripture. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Thank you, Ali. This is the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. So in this scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples who are his closest friends, who he's been with for several years. He is just days away from going to the cross. And like I said, one of his very closest friends betrayed him. One of his very, very, very closest friends denied him. And ultimately, all of them deserted him. So as he's just days away from going to the cross, he is preparing his disciples for him to no longer physically be with them. He's speaking to them about the importance of their relationship with him. And Jesus uses a metaphor that his disciples would easily understand. But for us today, it can definitely seem a little confusing. So I have a picture I want to show you guys to help explain what Jesus is saying to his friends. If you went to a vineyard, you would see rows and rows of plants that stretch for acres. If you were to walk down these rows, you would see on your left and your right what would seem like small tree trunks with giant leaves and these huge clusters of grapes. The grapes seem to be coming from the leaves, but they are really connected on this small branch that is connected to this giant arm that stretches along a wire that if you trace back to its origin would bring us to those small tree-like trunks, and that's called a vine. I didn't know any of this, just to let you guys know. I had to do lots of research, ask several people, and have my best friend Faith, who had a vineyard, um, all of these things, because I had no idea. But it is essential to understanding. Um, So let's go to the next picture that I have. Um, It's an up-close sketch of the vine branches and fruit. So the vine is the base of the plant um, where the roots are. Branches stem from the vine, and if they are healthy, they produce fruit. How a branch stays healthy is by being strongly connected to the vine because the vine is its source of nutrients and brings the branch life. If the branch is strongly attached to the vine, it will produce fruit. Without a strong connection to the vine, the branch will be fruitless. Now that we have a basic understanding of a vineyard and the relationship between a vine, branches, and their fruit, let's look again at Jesus' metaphor. In verses 1 through 3, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So in Jesus' metaphor, he is painting this word picture to his disciples so that they can understand Jesus' place in their life and how they are to relate to Jesus even after he is no longer physically with them. Jesus says that God the Father is the gardener of this metaphorical vineyard. One of the most important tasks of an actual gardener um, of a vineyard is to prune the branches. And as I was reading about the process of pruning, I learned that it is an essential process for keeping the vineyard healthy. They prune dead branches so that it will create space for the healthy branches. They allow for the vine, as when you prune, it allows for the vine to send the nutrients to the branches so that it will produce better fruit. And it also brings the branches 
closer to the vine when you prune them. So the gardener does this pruning for the branches to produce more fruit. A gardener must prune so that the fruitful branches can be even more fruitful and healthy. Therefore, in this metaphor, Jesus says that he is the vine, and the vine symbolizes the source, the source of life. And his followers are the branches. They are to bear fruit, and God the Father is the gardener that prunes the branches so that they can be even more fruitful. Pruning here is metaphorical for discipline. I don't know about you guys, but I am not a fan of the word discipline. (laughs) I don't like that word. Um, Normally, when we think of discipline, we get uncomfortable um, and think of it in terms of being a negative thing. However, as the gardener, God prunes, a.k.a. disciplines, uh, disciples disciplines followers of Jesus as an act of love. In Hebrews chapter 12, the author talks about God's discipline saying, God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later, however, produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So when I was growing up, um, I was always pretty upset that my mom and dad um, for not letting me do anything um, <laughs> in comparison to my friends. So in high school, all my friends had really chill parents um, that would let them go wherever and do whatever. My parents were not like that. Um, I had a strict curfew and was not allowed to go out unless it was in a group um, and I had to call to check in every so often. And sometimes my parents would even want to meet my friend's parents to get to know them before letting me go over to their house. Fun times. Um, at the time, I was annoyed and irritated with them, and I thought it was unfair as a teenager um, in middle school. Uh, but what's crazy is now, as an adult, um, I am super thankful uh, that they raised me that way. Uh, Through my parents setting those guidelines and boundaries, there were a lot of really bad situations that they saved me from. My friends that had very lenient parents uh, were always out partying, drinking, getting into drugs, and all kinds of stuff that I'm super glad that I wasn't a part of. Um, And at the time, I could not see that what my parents were doing was out of love. They desired to protect me and keep me from the bad decisions that I would make. And just like a loving parent, God the Father wants to keep us in alignment with his good boundaries. Like a gardener, God will prune the things in our life that draw us away from him. Discipline is not punishment. It is for our good and is God's way of keeping us connected to him. By pruning us, he is saying, I love you enough to keep you connected to me. I will do whatever it takes to keep you close to me. I am the one who provides all that you need. Seek life and fulfillment in me. I am the one who was always looking out for your best interest. And therefore, when we choose things that are unfruitful, when we choose things that do not bring life, that bring us away from God, he cuts those things out of our life because he loves us. Because we are his children, this is the way that he takes care of us. When a gardener is pruning, it is an act of caring for and tending to the plants. It may be uncomfortable for the plant, but it ends up being for the plant's best good. 
so that I can produce life. God does everything for our good. God does everything for your good. Let's look at verses five and six, I mean, four and five again. Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, the vine is Jesus. The branches are followers of Jesus. The vine is what directly connected the roots. The vine is what is directly connected to the roots of the plant. The vine is at the core of the plant. The branches stem from the vine and get all of their nutrients to live and grow through the vine. The branch's purpose is to produce fruit, but it cannot produce fruit on its own. The branch must be strongly connected to the vine. The vine provides everything the branch needs to produce fruit. Without a strong connection to the vine, the branch would be fruitless and would end up withering and dying. Why is this? For the branch to live and bear fruit, they must be connected to the vine because it is their very source of life. The branch's responsibility is simply to remain in the vine and receive its nutrients. From this metaphor, we can understand that as Christians, it is vitally important for us to stay connected to Jesus. A Christian does not stay connected. A Christian that does not stay connected to Jesus is like a branch that does not stay connected to the vine. It ends up withering and dying because it has lost its connection to the source of life. When the branch remains in the vine, it produces fruit. The, metaphor, the metaphorical fruit that Jesus is speaking of is our character. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these characteristics that I named are God's characteristics. As we stay connected to Jesus, we begin to start looking more like Jesus. Jesus always relied on, Sorry, my papers are out of order. Um, D.A. Carson comments on this about the fruit. He says, this verse insists that there are no true Christians without some measure of fruit. Fruitfulness is an infallible mark of true Christianity. When we are in close relationship with Jesus, there will be evidence of that by how we live our life. It is not... It is not for us to do the work of producing the fruit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Our part is to remain in Jesus. And by remaining in Jesus, these characteristics will inevitably come. We cannot produce these characteristics without being connected to Jesus. And through these verses, we see that God is calling us into deeper relationship and deeper dependence on him. What does this look like? In the Gospel of John, Jesus shows us exactly what it looks like for us as humans to be in relationship with God. Jesus, who is also a human himself and God, modeled for us what it is like to be in relationship with him just as he was in relationship with God the Father. 
Jesus always relied on God the Father. Jesus had confidence and assurance in his identity as God's child. He was secure in his relationship with him. They had an intimate, close, personal relationship. They were in sync and on the same page. There wasn't separation between them. They were united. Jesus is inviting us into this same kind of relationship with him. Just like we talked about earlier, a relationship cannot grow or be healthy unless you spend intentional time investing into it. To have a deep relationship, it takes effort and a level of commitment. God is calling us into a deeply intimate and close relationship with him. It won't have it happen overnight. It is something that will take time. So where do I start? Seek him. Seek him. God desires that we seek him with all of our heart. God is already present in the relationship. He has already put in the effort. He has already made himself available to us. Christianity is more than just believing in God. Jesus died for us to have a relationship with him, to restore the relationship that was broken. Remaining in Jesus is an everyday choice for a Christian to make. He has already extended himself to us. It is our choice to accept and remain in him daily. And like I said earlier, that's not always easy. It's not always easy to choose to seek God. Just like a friendship, just like a relationship. It takes intentionality. It takes, oh, I'm going to set this time aside for you, Jesus. Like actually setting aside time for Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this time in the morning when I first wake up to just be with you. Because I love you, because I value you. You already know that he loves and values you. Or at least I hope you do. I hope that you know that because it's true. He loves you. He values you. He sees you. What's your response? What's your response? Will you choose him? Not in the way of just coming to Jesus and salvation, but an everyday choice. Will you choose to seek God? We're going to have a time of response because I'm, I'm asking you that question. God is asking you that question. Will you choose me? I've already chosen you. He's chosen every single one of you. He's extended that invitation. He's extended that relationship. Now he says, remain in me. Abide in me. Stay in me. I am your source of life. I am your source of life. Stay connected to the source of life. It's so easy to choose Anything and everything else, I do it sometimes. I do. I choose to not seek God. But when I do seek him, I find rest. I find peace. I find joy. I find everything that I'm missing in him. Because we each have a God-sized void in us. And when you try to fill it with everything else, it leaves you empty. Only he can fill it. Only he is the, he says, I am the true vine. I am the true source of life. Nothing else will fill you. Nothing else will satisfy. 
So the leaders are going to go ahead and um, stand in the back. And um, we're going to turn on some music in a second. And I'm going to invite you guys to respond to this message. If, if you have felt like you're disconnected, not in the way that you've completely forsaken your relationship with him, but if you have, that, that applies too. But if you have been connecting to anything and everything but Jesus, or if you say, I want a deeper connection with you, Lord, I value you. I value our relationship. I want to go deeper in our relationship. If the Holy Spirit is stirring within you, I'm going to invite you to respond to this message. And you can either go to a leader in the back and they can pray with you, or you can go in an area in the room by yourself and just be with him and be in prayer. If you choose not to respond to this message, then I still invite you to stay in your seats, to, to reflect on this message, to reflect on what Jesus is speaking to you. Please don't talk to your friends right now. This is a time of reflection. This is a time of, respo of response. Go ahead and play the music, please. And for those of you who would like to respond, um, go ahead, be with Jesus. Thank you.